0: Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today, we'll be talking about making AI and machine learning models explainable. To discuss with us the practical methods of achieving this, we've invited Serge Messis, data scientist specializing in agriculture with a background in entrepreneurship and web app development, and the author of the book Interpretable ba- Machine Learning with Python. Stay tuned.
1: If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization.
0: Whether it is big data, cloud, data science,
1: or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims, and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place.
0: This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations.
1: Hi, I'm your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Sivjak, and with me is my co-host, Artur Guja, Cognition Shared Solutions Chief Risk and Strategy Officer. Hello. Welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk. Today we'll be talking about how to explain results produced by AI to someone who is not an expert in the field. And we're excited to have with us today our guest, Serge Massis, data scientist and the author of the book Interpretable Machine Learning with Python, an expert in interpretable machine learning and explainable AI, who agreed to share his experience with us. Hello, Serge. Hey. How are you? We're excited to have you here. Thank you. Same right. here. So we spoke for, for, for a couple of episodes. We mentioned explainable AI, and Arthur just couldn't wait to hear what it is. It's, it's a topic which we 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 covered, because, and I was um, unable to do it. I'm
0: not an expert, right? So it, it, when when Marian, who is who is a, a data scientist, talks to me about about AI and the results, and you know how how you can uh, achieve this, and I'm a risk manager, and in my mind, I always think, how do I actually substantiate the result? So, to me, AI and and deep learning, neural networks—they are just black boxes. Data goes in, and the result comes out, and no one really knows what, why. So, why, why is it so hard to explain the 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 the, the result? What where's the problem?
2: Well, Im- imagine a machine. You know, there 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 are different levels of machines. You know, there are machines that, you know, like. Uh, we can intuitively understand because they're like, I don't know, like we see the mechanisms in front of us, you know, it just move, right? So, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's the case of, you know, some, you know, uh, a stapler, you know? Mm-hmm. Everybody looks at a stapler and they know exactly how it works, right? Um, but then compare a stapler to a rocket ship, right? They, that's the difference between like, uh, you know, like a, a linear regression model and, and a neural network. <laughs> Like uh, there's there's a lot going on, especially a neural network, like one of these large language models. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you probably heard of them, GPT three, uh BERT and all of these ones that are used, uh DALI, you know, which is uh, already like a, a text to image uh model. Like these are have trillions of parameters. So mm-hmm. exactly it's like the moving parts. You go and ask how many moving parts does uh you know uh uh a spaceship, a, you know, a rocket, or something have it probably has a lot more than you know your stapler. So it all has to do with that. Understanding that is really complicated. In a model, it's different because in a model, it's it's like something's coming in and something's coming out. So and and so you have understanding the models is that pro, understanding that process, and mm-hmm. um, and so how do you understand the process when it's a really complicated machinery? And, and the reason it works is because it's really complicated. So sol- the solution is not saying, "Oh, let's make it more simple." Sometimes that can work. Sometimes it can't. You know, um, in, in the case of a lar- language model, well, language is complicated, right? Um, a, you know, a large part of the human brain is devoted to language for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the most complex things we we have to deal with. Uh, but um, so that's that's why it gets like that. So. We we have to connect those dots, and I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but that's that's pretty much the gist of it. Why it, why it is complicated?
0: But uh, you know, as someone who has spent the last uh, well twenty twenty years in in financial modeling, uh, a lot of the model mathematical models that uh, that we used in finance uh, were were quite complicated, were multi layered, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but they were analytical uh, or Monte Carlo uh and yet there is there is always the that kind of explainability that is achieved by running different different cases and seeing how the model behaves under boundary conditions uh, mm-hmm. is 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 the, can the same be applied to 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 neural networks machine learning
2: absolutely and it should i mean uh we shouldn't just stop and that's that's part of the premise of explainable ai um at least for me, of course. There's all the ethical reasons why you should use explainable AI, and they may have to do with fairness. It might have to do with consistency. But then there's a very strong business reason and technology reason. You know, we 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 have to trust technology. We have to trust business processes that rely on technology, and therefore, it's it's just a question of having a product that is trustworthy. Right at the end of the day, is be able to uh, assure stakeholders that you know, their model is not going to fall apart, Uh, you know, and, and, and there's different levels to it. Of course, if you have a once in a decade or once in a century situation, that's never happened before. You can't expect your, you know, like uh, your trading algorithm to work the same way. It's never seen anything like that. But Mm -hmm. what you could do is simulate those processes and say, well, it can work in these conditions after this it shouldn't and then you can put guardrails in the system making sure that if that happens you know it's it 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 tells the end user hey it there's something going on i can't give you a good result right um or the confidence intervals just expand to the point where it's like no longer (laughs) you know useful to the user but at least it's telling it you know like this is this is unforeseen territory so um I advocate for the same where I work. I work with uh, agriculture, and I, I've been advocating for a while. Like, like we need to put guardrails on these models. If we have a, a once in a, a, a you know g- generation sort of situation, you know, like a, with a drought or a, a flood or something like that, like we can no longer predict with any sense of accuracy what the farmer is going to encounter.
0: And and it seems like you know over the last few years we've lived uh through about you know uh one uh, once in a lifetime event in per month so uh, yeah we, we've we've had a, a, a fair share but I, I I want to kind of before we get into how you explain AI and and the methods I I, I want to kind of dig a bit deeper into the maybe it's a myth. But to 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 someone who only kind of ex, uh, um, explored AI uh, and and uh, machine like deep learning as a user, uh, I want to kind of understand maybe th- maybe there is a a, a kind of user sourced wrong perception that AI is is unexplainable because it is it is being marketed as and we talked with uh, with our previous guests a lot about how AI is mar- marketed and mismarketed, you know. Yeah. Uh, that may- maybe it's sold as something that is is almost magical that you you put you put your it uh, with Dali you put your um description in and magic happens a lot of numbers get crunched and a beautiful picture comes out or as the case maybe be a splodge on a dark background and and it, you the 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 the, the kind of providers of these technologies don't really want to provide an explanation because part of the mystique is part of the marketability of mm. the of, of the solution.
2: Well, I, I think we have to lose that mystique. Uh, it's part of the... Like when I started in, in, in web development, there was a certain mystique to web development. You know, I'm talking 20 plus years ago, it was like, whoa, you're working with the high-tech stuff, right? and And you know like it's it's just html it it just seems like it's um you know like something out of you know like to be able to make these things that are seen you know anywhere else in the world that that wasn't really my magic. I was just piggybacking on other technologies that existed before mm-hmm. and 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 that relates to also a point I make when I discuss this topic. I tell people, well, this is no different than than flying was in the 1930s and 40s at the beginning of commercial aviation. For, for some time, it was just like a, something like only certain like organizations leveraged, you know, like the postal service and military and so forth. But it wasn't like no commoner would get on a plane, right? Uh, and, and it was also a thing that hobbyists did and they took a lot of risks and you would see them dancing on planes and things like that, right? We're still in that kind of Wild West kind of era of AI, where it's still seen as something magical. And I, I still think it's, it's like that with fortune telling. You know, it's unnatural. Like, that's the equivalent of predicting. It's unnatural for humans to be in that realm, right? In the same way, it's unnatural for us to be in the sky flying with the birds. That's not our, that's not our territory, right? So I, I, I relate those concepts because I think, well, we have to reduce the hubris. Like, I don't think passengers have to know exactly how the, the plane works, but they have to trust it. And we have to make sure that the way they trust it is that we don't buy our own hubris. The people that work in the aviation industry, they know how delicate everything is, which is why mm-hmm. they, they p- take every time the plane lands, they, they make sure it's, it's like everything, every bolt is typed. Everything is like in working order. They measure every metric, right? they 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 go through all this process because they realize that those the planes are delicate right and we should do the same with the machine learning models we should realize that they're 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 not perfect they can fall apart we need to be on top of that not only while we're making them or training them but also while they're they're you know doing their their predictions right
0: so we we and have probably to be especially while while they're doing their prediction because when when, exactly. when you're training them they're still in a controlled environment. When you let them lose, that's when yeah. they start encountering, as you said, things they've never seen before, and you know anything
1: can happen. Uh, Absolutely. Correct me if I'm wrong, Serge. I'm when I'm trying to, to to explain to people and demystify machine learning. It's like you know if you had. I don't know, a soup Mm -hmm. every Tuesday for the last five years. uh, Like we can predict that, you know, next Tuesday you will have soup. (laughs) Uh, And actually, that's it. Uh, The conditions change a little, the number of variables changes a little or a lot. But in the end, it's about recognizing the patterns in the past Mm -hmm. and applying them to the conditions in the future. Yeah. Uh, And we had a pretty pretty interesting discussion about what AI actually is, and that there is no single definition of AI. I like Mm -hmm. what you called your 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 book. It's interpretable machine learning. It's like out of curiosity to maybe get another opinion, like how would you define AI, Because let's say that we are business people and we don't know, and we have this vendor coming to us and saying, oh, we have this AI-powered solution. To me, when I hear AI-powered, I'm getting a bit itchy. Like I have a feeling when somebody tries to sell something to me without uh, really trying to tell me what it is. Yeah. I, co- I consider AI for, for today, I consider it with a, a smoke and mirror, but that's me. So I, I would like to know your opinion uh, on current status of AI definition and how how much of a marketing buzzword it is applied to some machine learning, anything more than one, if else, uh, and how much you can, what you can expect from AI, really, from mm-hmm. the business perspective or a user perspective.
2: Yeah. Um I I think AI is yeah, definitely a loaded term. It's it's definitely also a buzzword. But uh we mustn't forget that for end users. And I'm not talking business leaders, uh you know, people I probably should know better. It's the only kind of concept that connects with what we discuss when we talk about machine learning, right? We tell them machine learning, they don't know what we're talking about. So it's a bridge, right? So it's it's captured the public imagination. It's not like we're necessarily exploiting it, but it depends on the audience. If we're talking to business leaders, other technical people, let's call it what it is. You know, for the most part, it's machine learning, right? That's what it is. So I, I don't, um, since my book was for technical people, I don't use AI in it. Yeah, but... If my book were for non-technicals, AI, I'd use ML in it. And if mm-hmm. it were for non-technical people, I'd probably use AI because it's the only thing they would connect to. If I call it machine learning, they think it's, what the hell is this? You know, they don't know. There is there is no con... Also, a lot of people working in the space in, in like, non-technical capacity. I'm talking AI ethics, You know, um, you know, technologists, you know, that aren't necessarily technical, right? People like that, they, they still relate to the term artificial intelligence. They may complain about it, especially AI ethicists. They complain about the term, they say it's ridiculous, but that's the term they latched onto. They don't call themselves machine learning ethicists. They call themselves AI ethicists. So, I mean, that's even politicians, when they talk about it, they'll, they'll talk, they won't talk about machine learning, they'll talk about it. So we have to reach some common ground. To me, the definition is really close through machine learning. It's just simply something that is autonomous. It's it's not necessarily intelligent in the broader scheme of things. You It, it ha- doesn't embody at this moment in time, any kind of, um, you know. Consciousness. Yeah, anything like that. It's just a narrow intelligence. Even the most quote unquote intelligent machine learning model is not intelligent, right? It's It just has some ability very narrow ability to do something that might seem superhuman,
1: you know, detecting um, the patterns which human eye can't, and then yeah, there's the reacting to to to, to yeah, it. and
2: and that's to me like the the minimum like requirement for AI, you know, it's software that is autonomous to some degree, and software I say here with a very broad stroke because I don't think AI necessarily is. Software in the fullest sense of the term. However, I do think it has a lot of the elements. It's still ones and zeros, you know. It's still a program. So we didn't program it. That's the big difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it it does have um, since since it has a lot of the same mechanisms that we don't fully understand. We we kind of put this this uh, responsibility on it that it's necessarily you know much better than everything else it's not and we should be cautious with it precisely because we didn't program it but on the other hand uh, the bare minimum requirement is that it is at the very least at human level capacity or more otherwise why why the hell are we using it we should be you know programming something with if if, if and else statements and traditional programming if it's not better than than that
1: I have another question like because let's move to explainability a little you, you said it's like we have a rocket mm-hmm. uh, mo- most of the rocket didn't design itself yeah uh, it's not that I am a rocket uh, rocket scientist mm-hmm. we uh, we had an uh, episode with someone who worked for nasa but mm-hmm. i can't remember them let's say re- arranging you know internal parts of the rocket uh, by the rocket uh, so how do you explain AI and like from the from the user or a business perspective? Like you have this machine learning slash AI uh, model, and it says, "Yeah, it will predict sales of your product." You know, uh, just you know, plug it in and you know, sell prepare as many shoes as it tells you. Mm. Uh, how can I demand or what can I do, uh, or should I expect like? the question okay how does it know like what is what what are what are uh, i don't expect someone if you you mentioned dali i i don't think any business owner would like someone to walk over through all the layers of the of the neural network behind it's it must be something else than just a drawing of you know million layers deep network or isn't like what what is what really is explainable
2: Okay. Yeah. It, it can happen on several levels. There, there, is, uh, there is actually two concepts there. And depending on who you talk to, uh, you'll, you'll get a different perspective of what they are. There's mm-hmm. explainability and interpretability. And uh, some people like to call interpretability what explainability is and vice versa. Um, I'm of so the cap with the smaller
1: Let's let's try let's let's try to sort them out and let's let you know. Okay. We invited you as an expert, so let's let's rely on your words on it. And, yeah, uh, it doesn't. Are two resolution. So what what what's manager, what's, what's,
0: what's, the, what's the difference between explainable and, and interpretable?
2: No. Okay, well, uh, one of them um, has to do with be able to go deep enough to uh, understand every mechanism of the machine, mm-hmm. right? and 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 it it has a very stringent depending on who you talk to they might say well you have to understand everything holistically like you're able to see it as like a mathematical equation and understand okay this is what happens once it gets too complicated you can no longer understand it i mean mm-hmm. holistically right um so that that is very stringent idea i don't i don't agree with it 100% right
1: Correct me and, if I'm wrong, but the last processor, which is like mathematically proven to to be correct on its operations, is I think i three eight six, and everything. Like, okay, uh, yeah, you're talking about floating point number precision. Two, Too, but but like you know, the processor, the, the architecture of the processor, where there was a mathematical proof that if you opened all the all the gates, yeah. and it was a math- mathematical model that you open. You could use all the logical gates inside, and whatever you put on one side, it was explainable what goes on the outside. Uh, anything more complicated that I think it was designed in nineties, it's too complicated. There is no mathematical proof, but your processor will give you the right answer if you provide it with. Uh,
2: yeah, I think data. I think I think that's a limitation from uh, digital architectures.
1: Yeah, but I, people I, use I, it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah but I you, do. People use it. I do. Right. I do, and I've been advocating actually for very exciting news. I I think I posted about it LinkedIn some while back. There's there's a lot of new research in analog processing, that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. having uh, matrix uh, multiplications happen completely on an analog level. Because after all, like the signals we use the electric signals, they're they're you know they're they're not like ones and zeros. They're actually coming you know um like different continuing there's a continuous nature to them so yep. you can do simple mathematical operations using the physics of the electrical signals so uh there used to be all computers used to be analog and then they 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 kind of gave up on that um but that's kind of a side note um <laughs> so i i think yeah what you're what you're what you were saying about that is 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 very useful because i think we have to abstract things as human. We have to be able to abstract things; otherwise, we don't understand it. And 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 some of the re- part of the reason that we actually fall trap into our own ideas and our own lies, and there's there are often contradictions between, you know, a lot of these things is because we can't look at things in at that level. We can't holistically understand everything, right? So we shouldn't expect that from models that model pretty much the most complicated processes in our environment you know be that distinguishing between different kinds of animals or like between different uh you know phrases in language or whatever it is these are complicated or or even the generative art like how how do we ask an artist to tell us what inspired them. You know, there's always gonna be a distraction. They're not gonna tell, oh, I was inspired by this and this, but they, they can't possibly tell us the step-by-step process they took to make the art they made. So mm-hmm. like, we can't expect that from our models either. So that's why I think there, there is a lot of promise in this idea of post hoc interpretability. And, and, and that, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of explainability I've latched onto which is not the truest sense of explainability because as I said, explainability, again, it depends on who you talk to. They'll say explainability is you, you have to know everything about the model. You have to know how everything was made, right? From start to finish. And you have to understand it holistically. And to them, that is explainability. Or in some cases, that's interpretability. But for me, it's the other way around. I think interpretability should be used for things that we interpret much like you interpret statistics, doesn't mean you know every single data point in the chart because you don't, but you know how the trend is going and and you can say, okay, if you draw a line here, that's an interpretation. Someone might come there and say, give you a different interpretation. And we've accepted that. The whole statistical community has accepted that to be okay, right? So like we shouldn't uphold machine learning models to a different standard, that we have to other other kind of elements in 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 the in the data world, so that's why I advocate for post hoc interpretability, and I, I call explainability like the more like a fundamentalist view of okay, we have to understand everything, and that view is okay for some cases. I think it it makes a lot of sense for um, a lot of very serious you know situations like where we're developing a model for. Like predicting diabetes, and so we have to understand everything because we don't want to put anybody at risk, you know that sort of thing. Uh, perhaps in cases like that, or for credit ratings, um, you know, things that have more serious consequences. But to a certain extent, because I I, I believe in the power of human interpretation, and I I don't think we should decouple everything. I don't think we should be irresponsible and say, okay, the give let's give the machine all the responsibility, right? And, and and let's just let it work. I I think humans should be in the loop, uh, in in many circumstances, and they should not like delegate that responsibility.
0: But isn't isn't that the promise of AI that uh, you can take the human out of the equation and get the the same or better result? Actually, a better result in, uh, is promised specifically because you take the human bias, the the, the human weakness out of the equation, and you move from predictive to prescriptive uh, analysis uh, and and, and results where the AI makes the, 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 the prediction and then makes a decision and implements that decision. Much faster than a human ever would, because you 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 gave you gave some very good examples, and we like being practical on the show here. So if if you have a, a, an AI or a neural network or some other kind of uh, machine learning algorithm that pre- that uh, interprets uh, scan, medical scans to to find uh, cancer <clears throat> or or uh, interprets test results to, fi- to, to predict diabetes. You have a doctor who looks at the results of, from the algorithm, and then like double-checks. Second guess is almost the algorithm, and then mm-hmm. I fully agree that having that interpretability is very good because the the doctor doesn't have to repeat his uh, the you know the, the 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 analysis in parallel. They can just kind of check where where the whether the algorithm actually makes sense, but. Isn't, isn't the whole goal of, of playing this, this, this game to have one day an algorithm will will be able to do the, the, the testing, the analysis, and then prescribe the right meds without human mm. interaction?
2: I think that'd be, a, in many cases, very risky. And I, I think the value is there. You know, like there's been studies done on, in, in, in medical cases that having the human in a loop actually improves outcomes by, I I forget what percentage. And it it varies from case to case. But the point is, it it does speed up the process because they don't have to do the interpretation. It gives them more information that they would have derived. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, the model might respond something like, okay, this person has these five risk factors. Their, their, Their scans show this image. And in that image, in this particular spot, there's indication of a tumor, right? And, 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 and here, in this other part, an indication of another tumor that they didn't even know of. Right? So then mm-hmm. they have extra information they wouldn't have had. They wouldn't have spotted. So they say, okay, let's, let's do something. It, in a way, it, they'll, they'll, they'll then take that information and say, I want to do more scans. I want to kind of zoom in in this area to see if, it, if it's true that there is a growth of a tumor somewhere else. And so that will give them that superhuman ability but if you left it up to the machine they won't take any secondary steps right um and and even if if we enabled them to do that automatically which would be great it still won't necessarily stop them from you know missing out on something else that only the human would be able to detect so i i think there's always going to be a need in those cases like where i think it doesn't defeat the purpose is in a lot of other menial kind of cognitive tasks like will will robots take yeah driving um absolutely is something completely machines could do right um there's there's other cases like factory working semi cognitive stuff like checking like uh checking if some some there's some damage in some kind of fruit or whatever it is being packaged right a machine could do that a lot better, and we don't need
1: to have humans in that loop. But, but. Let's, let's get back for a minute to to, to this interpretable models, like uh, because we, we moved very deeply into medicine, which is very fascinating. But I'm I'm sorry, I'm a boring guy, and I'm trying to get back to business. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's say that I am a business person. I you know I have my 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 predictive model it tells me you should, you know, prepare so many, you know, pairs of shoes to be sold. Uh, like, as a, as, a, as a business owner or, or senior manager, if I would like to get some inter- interpretability from the vendor, like, what can I expect of him? What he should be able to explain to me in the terms of your interpretability? I don't expect him and I don't want him. He, if he's a fundamentalist, he can understand his model and he can, you know, play with all the zeros and ones in all the hidden layers. Uh, but he comes to me and I would like to, as you said, have this post hoc interpretability. What does it mean really for me? Like what should I expect? You know, I, I don't want to get just one number. Uh, and what what should I expect realistically and what I shouldn't really expect? Okay.
2: Well. Um businesses often concern themselves with things that are are you know of possibly you know they know and they've known for a while it can increase their, their 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 profits it you know forecasting sales accurately uh be able to detect any supply chain kind of optimizations um you know be able to detect understand you know what kind of things they can improve on the uh, with their vendors with their suppliers mm-hmm. um you know what kind of uh uh, also cost sensitivity of the customer there's a lot of different areas that can be improved and um they can understand like if i'm an ai vendor for a for a uh, business i i can show them not only okay this is the prediction but i can show them why and and maybe they can it can help them trust the system a lot better and it also can help kind of reinforce ideas that are, are maybe counterintuitive, but they actually kind of contradict the, the bias because like what I found in businesses is that businesses tend to have, um, a lot of people that, you know, are kind of, um, it's, it's like the principal agent problem. You've heard of that problem in economics. So you have, uh, you have the principal as a business owner, Mm-hmm. A, and 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 his shareholders and anybody that's just deriving direct value from the business, mm-hmm. right? And then you have the agent, and the agent could be uh, it could be a supplier, it could be an employee. So mm-hmm. you you have a lot of contradictions there, where you have um, you have um, salespeople that that you know get their value from commissions, right? Mm-hmm. So the the way they make sales projections is, is completely. Based on their own interests and not interests of the business, right? So, if you have a kind of an external system create those projections instead of your salespeople, then you don't have that. But if you have both competing, then you have something of um, uh, you you have an incentive for them to improve their projections, mm. which you otherwise don't have. So, I, I I think it it in a way it helps things. Make things more honest,
1: but still. But, I, uh, you, you,
0: you yourself uh, kind of mentioned that you need a human there, and 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 uh, you know if if. But here, I, I, if I understand correctly, you kind of implicitly assume that the pre- the prediction which is unbiased. And again it's an assumption of an unbiased prediction mm-hmm. uh, from the from the machine. It will be probably biased by whatever learning data uh, that uh, has been fed into it because that that's, that's an, 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 another thing you know I'm, being a risk measure, I'm very much in favor of having a a, a double te- check and a triple check on everything but yeah but by, by saying like like you said a minute ago that uh, you know human human uh, element human check uh, gives a a better outcome, doesn't that kind of uh, almost indicate that the machine learning algorithms, the the AI AI implementations that we have now are still too weak for complete kind of autonomous uh, implementation, and we should develop them until they are actually complete?
2: Well, they'll never be complete because it's an incomplete solution. To, uh, uh, you know, um, it's incomplete. You you can't fully understand the problem. Like you're saying, well, I want to forecast sales. Like sales is completely contingent on the environment. You know, mm-hmm. it's contingent on the economy. It's contingent on supply chain. It's contingent on you know whether your 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 employees will get sick. You know, um, at any given moment. Um, well, well, whether they'll find better opportunities somewhere else, you know, like it's, it's really hard to predict those circumstances, even with all the data you have. Right. Um, and, and there's a lot of data you couldn't possibly get. So mm-hmm. even if you came up with the most sophisticated machine learning model and, and you put in like everything you put in like past sales, like, you know, your competitor sales or your, your competitor stock price, whatever you want to put in there, right. Everything. Right, and and then you came up with with a prediction of what your sales would be next month. It's 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 still not not encompass other things that you just simply couldn't have possibly anticipated, and you have no data for anyway. And and a
0: human would have that, but doesn't necessarily mean how, that a human how would would the human, it. How, how would a human have that? If you have if a human has that, you can feed it in a computer, right?
2: Well, yeah, but it might be like a one off thing. Like for instance, like a, a human. A human might know. Okay, well, next month, um, you know, like we're we're gonna we're having, you know, like uh, there's gonna be yeah no well that might be in the model, but they might be an event. You know, some event is happening, and it's the mm-hmm. first time it's happening. Like, say a big like conference or something, and it's happening in uh, a competing territory or town or or something else, and so in some way that's influencing, gonna influence your sales or, you know, or maybe like the competitor is going to release a new, you know, product that's going to, you know, like overshadow yours. So that's like a one-off thing that's going to impact your sales. And you know, that's going to happen, but you're not going to give that to the model. How do you give that to the model as an, as a thing, you know, like you would have to kind of, uh, you might be able to kind of have it as an additional influence. Like you have, uh, some kind of mm-hmm. weighting system where you score something as a risk and you feed it into the model, but it's like a a one off thing. It's not its own variable. So but you're you able even, to, and I, I, I think
0: we, that brings us back to to kind of boundary conditions because, like like you said, we can we can define a boundary condition. And we say this model works and, unless there is a big event going on which will disrupt the normal working of the market because this is exactly what happens in in uh, high frequency trading right in the markets these days they have models which trade semi autonomously with uh um bre- breaker circuits uh which is, sorry circuit breakers that can be engaged if the operators detect abnormal market conditions or if yeah. them, if the if the algorithm detects abnormal market conditions in certain cases But apart from that, the algorithm works and a lot of them are based on on, uh, very complex implementations of of machine learning. And Mm -hmm. uh, in this case, we give almost full full autonomy within those defined risk envelopes to the algorithm because the algorithm does hundreds or even thousands of transactions every second, which would not be verifiable by a human by any means, right? So it, it is, I think, I think I agree with you that we need to define those those envelopes within which the model needs to work and it will be fully explainable or at least sufficiently explainable or interpretable in that mm-hmm. envelope. If if it steps outside of it, then we kind of know that anything can happen. So we just stop yeah. it going outside the,
1: the, the bounds where yeah. you know there be dragons. I'll be I'll be boring, I know. But I I will drag back. So we have our true sales, mm. and we we you mentioned that you should be able to ask our vendor why. The question is how far in why asking why we can go. Like, do you have an example? Like, what what okay. could be exp, explained explained and what what, what what never could. Like okay. we know that these one off examples are uh, yeah unexplainable. Like you know we have some some events which will uh influence our result uh and you know we will miss the the reality by a big margin because something happened but we can't feed into the model possibly yeah. uh but let's let's assume like a, you know good old situation i'm selling shoes or christmas cats and hats and you know probably <laughs> taking into account uh time of the year uh is a good idea uh like how far how far we can expect in asking the question like why it it depends
2: on on the data that your model was trained on like say say you had the shoe shoe, shoe sales model and it's trained on on you know i don't know 20 different variables in, including past sales uh weather details uh you know like um birth rates e- econ- uh, e- economical uh, indicators you know of how the you know <laughs> the, the market is right now for You know uh not just shoes but everything in general and perhaps maybe even other things like uh the cost of leather right okay so you have all these things and you feed Mm -hmm. it to the model to figure out what what is uh what what is your sales going to be next month right based on sales of you know i don't know the last few years and on all these indicators right so what what you can have it, 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 for a model like that is be able to say something like okay i'm 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 predicting higher sales next month because it's it's december right or it's november and you expect good sales and so it will tell you it's november and that that could be something that anybody could probably figure out in their head it's 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 it's, it's uh, people are giving out gifts so it's a good month for that but maybe it could tell you something well it's not as big as last year because we we there's a recession. The leather going prices
1: on. are a bit uh, a bit higher. Exactly. and Inflation is a bit higher, and actually it's a pretty warm autumn. And uh, yeah, people Expe- use their shoes a bit less. Exactly. To, to, exactly.
2: So there there could be a number of things. And if you actually you could break this down into different kind of categories. And if 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 it was just you know you have your boot sales, you have your 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 high heels, and you have and you'll have different reasons for each one to be selling more. That would probably be the smarter thing, because then you'll be able to say, well, the, the, the weather is going to be mild next month. Therefore, boot sales are going down. And it actually there's, uh, you know, like uh, the, the, there's poor people, more people graduating out of uh, university next month. So you're going to have uh, an increase of in course. high heels or and, you know, like formal wear or whatever. So mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be able to uh, probably engage with it better if you are more granular. And that's my general idea of what it is in in, in 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 machine learning models. It's better to go granular, maybe not too granular, but un, just enough that our data will allow. And also with the errors, which is an important thing. So when we evaluate the models, if we dig deep into, this is where it's having problem with. It's having a problem with these, uh, this kind of um, population of the data, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really good at predicting boot sales but it's terrible at predicting high heels. Why is that, right? So you're able to look into that.
0: So if, oh. if, I'm, a, if I'm a business owner uh, and I, I hear about this this uh, interpretable machine learning, explainable AI, uh, you know, I, I, I know very little about this and I can think of at least three ways that I can get this because I want to get as a business owner, my hands on it. One way is, mm-hmm. uh, potentially maybe I need to employ a a data science wizard who will do the work and explain to me why AI is giving the results that it is. Another is I need a second product. I need to run my AI and I need to run a parallel product which will explain this AI. Or Mm -hmm. I need a different AI. I know, Marianne, that you're shaking the head because you know I don't know. Right. The th- a third way that I can imagine this 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 running is: I need a different AI. I need to chuck out my non-explainable AI and buy a new AI that will be explainable. So, which which of the three ways is actually the what what? Well, None. What works?
1: None. <laughs> okay. So how why, does it work? I'm so? a bit, how, how, how can I get my hands on it? All three. All three. All three. But you mentioned uh, sorry, Serge, for 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 cutting in, but I I can't contain myself uh all the three all the three uh methods that you mentioned that you could imagine uh, have a w- common denominator they work on the outcome okay so and you can't you can't explain how the outcome was received if you are not uh observing how it is being made it needs to be built in like a resilience into so, the company so, so is the is the third one, right? That I need to buy no, a new explainable no, no, AI. No, no, no. You need to buy explainable AI, the one that you are using. The okay. one that you are using, you need to buy explainable AI with which will observe what it is doing, how yeah, it is but doing. I, I on have other... I
0: already have AI. I, I, I invested in and AI. Not... I have this non explainable AI, so and, I need to check
1: it and out. And you and buy lost a new one. No, yes.
2: Well yes, you, you can, can... You you can take what he got and and do post hoc interpretability on it. Um, it's yeah there is there is the possibility of getting something else that is more explainable, like another kind of algorithm, like maybe there's one called explainable boosting machines, or um, you know uh, other ones that are like yeah high precision rules like Figs or something like that. You can get a model like that and train it and then you'll have at the end of the day you'll have something that you can probably explain with a lot more fidelity but uh you can't take even something as complicated as a neural network and do post-hoc interpretability on it and what it does it kind of re assuming you have access to the model it retraces the steps on the model to get to the to possible you know to get a possible explanation using what is called the gradients of the model so, you could use something mm-hmm. like integrated gradients, or there's a bunch of different methods to get to the bottom of that. And so, and you can do it for all kinds of, uh, for uh, all, the entire uh, data set, or you could do it for an individual case. So, you could say, well, say you have a credit, uh, you built like a credit model, you mm-hmm. know, one that is, assesses if a customer is going to have a uh, certain risk or not. And, um, and then you can use that to um to to get to the to the to a a, a prediction but but without, uh, without a, a, a prediction access, i mean an explanation so an explanation without could access be,
1: without access to, to to the code to the actual model
2: uh, that's the thing that's the thing you need you need um you would need access to the code uh, to the model to, to the model the, that's, that's what yeah. i'm saying but to, as to long the as you're working the on individual the
0: individual layers you would need internal access to the individual layers the individual neurons gradients the, yes everything.
1: then you can interwoven it with some external but what what I what I meant is like if you just have results if you just get 5 uh, getting why this machine answered 5 requires actually recreating it so building something which will be this identical machine plus interpretation model so if you if you you, you can chuck bits and pieces correct me by rock search because i um
2: yeah you you need access to the model to do most most methods at the app in the absence of that you could use there's there's some permutation based methods i mm-hmm. mean you might have yeah you might not have access to the code of the model but you can query it and there's permutation based methods called you know like called chap and lime but, and everything and they
1: and, then and you they, they, they view yourself
2: yeah, it's like you're accessing the model and you're you're sending it in different signals that are similar mm-hmm. but they're not quite what your what you're trying to get at. And then they'll give you um it's like uh, sensitivity analysis. Mm-hmm. Have you heard it's something like that? Yes. And so yeah. it it'll be able to tell you based on those permutations what what your model's what's the reasoning behind a certain prediction because it's able to say, well, Say say for the credit uh, case, it's able to change the the prediction. Be able to say, well, if if I if if I increase my um you know my collateral by this much, then then it it predicts no risk, and if I decrease it, it predicts even more risk. So this must be an important variable, right? This must be one of the reasons it does that for every variable, and then it realizes. Guess what? These 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 are the variables I find to be the model finds to be more important, and this is why. So okay. it, it, it kind right of it. finds these these monotonic relationships. But yeah, for, he, he, we were just earlier discussing like uh, neural networks, and for neural networks, like the best case, uh, the best since they're co- so complicated, the the best way to query them is actually through access through the mo- uh, of the model
0: so it it kind of almost reminds me, you know, back back in my university days when I also was forced to study some some electronics. and we d- we did have this this kind of case study where you have a, a black box circuit, and instead of uh, instead of trying to disassemble it and find out what it does, you kind of put different signals in the input and find out what 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 the output is and try to rebuild it, kind of reverse engineer it. So you're if I understand correctly, you're talking about similar, reverse engineering of the um of of the model trying to find out um fi- find out where it reacts and how it reacts in, in very specific cases and then building up a bigger picture and i think i think it it, it you know at least two two separate use cases for this this, this kind of investigation are uh, are applicable one is when you're testing the model when you're actually designing the risk envelope that we discussed because you need to you need to be able to find out where the model actually goes wrong and at which point its the boundary of its applicability ends and and then the second is obviously you know uh, uh, as you kind of uh, gave the example with the with the credit uh, score when the customer actually suddenly you gets re- refused uh, refused credit and they come asking very pertinent question why you have to be able to say you know, in 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 a lot of cases why exactly that decision was taken? Right, you have to substantiate.
1: Sounds about right. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how 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 would a business then, uh, you know, apart apart from this, do you have you had any any practical use cases of where explainable AI? Have you seen it used in in the field? Yeah, I I, I use
2: it in my work. Um, you know, I, I, work in agriculture and, uh, and I, I need to be able to explain why the models predict what they predict. Um, mm-hmm. not, not only to, to the agronomists, uh, for whom I build the model, but also for the, the end user, which is the farmer. Um, and, um, yeah, the, the idea is that, you know, like you're, you'll be able to, Tell the farmer, well, I predict there's going to be high risk of this disease, and tell them exactly why, because otherwise they won't trust it just as much. They might say, "Well, I don't." In my experience, it doesn't seem like it. It's it's not the right time of year for this. But then you tell, well, it's the humidity of this period, and then combined with uh, you know the fact that your neighbor had it, you know,
1: <laughs> things like that. <laughs> uh, so um, I guess I, I guess every 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 model can be. Can be more or less explained. Uh, like when you have sales, you would like to understand why the prediction of sales is such, because then you can try to I don't know counteract. If you if the prediction is that your sales will drop, maybe you should increase your marketing. In example, I uh, I didn't ask for for uh, shoes completely without without a hidden agenda. It's just we we use these models in when I was working with uh, with marketing teams. Uh, we use this modeling to, to to be able to influence and and predict when the sales will drop because market could be pushed a little. yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's manipulation the, issues
2: that's that's <laughs> the interesting thing about models, right they They don't happen in a vacuum, as you said, well, we can make them in a lab environment with all this data. but out in the field, they influence the outcomes that then later become part of their training data mm-hmm. so they it's it's uh you can create models that actually make the conditions worse for it and what I mean about that well it's if you like um, there's there's cases of where it's happening for bias where you actually predict people to 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 not be good um, good for credit right and then they actually it becomes like a self fulfilling prophecy because you're not giving them any credit. Right. The same can happen in cases where you you say you have a marketing allocation uh model and and the way you're you're actually influencing the market impacts your mark your marketing budget even worse, you know, because you're, you know, somehow mm-hmm. increasing prices and you're not evaluating that because you're 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 not focusing on 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 how your model will influence the market. You're 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 just trying to Beat the market, mm-hmm. right? So you have to understand it's all part of the same system, and 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 and, and as I, I try to say, well, like we're we're often focused on predicting the future. That's our job mm-hmm. in my field. But I think, well, why not predict the future future, future that we want, not the future <laughs> that we you know, that's, that's the best thing. You know, we can influence the future and, and that might seem like a silly thing. That's the best way of predicting because, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if, if you can influence the future, then you're predicting <laughs> the future that, you know, it's, it's going to align. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think the the problem is like, there's a lot of bad data because the, 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 data has already been tainted by us. We have already tainted the data. So we, we have to have that stic- skeptical skeptical view of data as something that is not pure you know it's it's not like we we have already tainted it we have already dirty it and so we can we can do what we can to take the part of it that can lead Mm -hmm. to the predictions we want
0: okay and and this is you know this is a, a Uh, completely separate but no, no less uh, important topic getting getting the data right and I think I think we should we should uh, uh, kind of tackle it in a complete separate discussion and this 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 was I think very practical for anyone who is involved uh, in AI in business because uh, very often the, the the discussions are how do you explain the, the results to a client to a regulator to to, to an auditor, so this, this should give at least some, some overview of, uh, of this. I, uh, you have published your book. So for anyone who's a bit technical, they can obviously reference your book. Uh, if someone wanted to learn more about the, the, the kind of uh, m- maybe higher level concepts, so where, where can they, w- what, where, what's the best kind of, do you have a, a resource they could access or they could reach you?
2: yeah certainly well if they want like a higher level access there's a ton of books that talk about ai and how it works i i don't know them off the top of my head uh, to be honest uh but um i i personally like um they're they're a lot more like doomsday right um but um it's it it is interesting I, i i like to see it through the lens of bias because perhaps if they have this view they understand why it's important for us to evaluate models but i i like the the book on um, um weapons of math destruction is oh, a good one oh yes
0: we one. quoted it very often in, in in this podcast yeah okay and i and probably
2: people for people that are are less that that are more like um you know like in the business or economics realm finance i i like the books from uh nasim talib yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas Taleb, Taleb is his last name. So I I like pretty much all his books. Yeah, but my 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 favorite is the Black Swan because mm-hmm. it also it, it is also a good like foray into why we shouldn't trust ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. um, also a lot of books on behavioral economics do the same yeah. thing. Um, and and you know, there's just so many from Thaler, you know, there's just so many good authors in that space. And and I think, Dead. yeah, I, that's what I would recommend before getting into AI. Because I said, there's a lot of hubris in the space. And, and for us as practitioners, I, I think it would be the worst thing for someone to enter the space as a practitioner, say they have software engineering space, and not come with the skepticism and, 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 and have all like that idealism of, you know that that they see from tv and the robots and they're gonna take over market, and all that
1: marketing outfits and yeah. Well, let's let, let's uh
0: let, let's hope they, they they do get because you know we get so much ai and I've, I've got a toothbrush that is ai driven i hope it doesn't strangle me in the middle of the night uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, thank you again for for uh, giving giving us an insight into into this topic uh, and uh, as always uh, I us hope it was of use to someone. Thank you for listening. For more information about making models explainable, make sure you check out Serge's book Interpretable Machine Learning with Pipe.
1: As usual, the link will be available in the notes section. Also, don't miss the next one, where we'll be talking about metaverse and ways it can add value to businesses. To discuss with us different aspects of value in metaverse, we've invited Nicolas Babin, a serial entrepreneur, executive, and board member who has spun startups to multinational tech giants with experience in Asia, North America, and Europe.
0: Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out cognition.lst for more information
1: on cognition shared solutions, our services, and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guide, Dr. Marian Szyviak, and my co-host, Artur Buya. Thank you.